Croiso, welcome to Fearless and Devotion, the Rexham FC podcast. Quite a big weekend we've had, and this is a special podcast about probably, you know, a game that's probably defined the last few years for us. Us getting to Wembley again, best thing that have happened in quite a while, sort of achievement-wise. Um, Tim, we watched it together. What was your sort of takeaway from it? Um, everything I kind of hoped for and expected, really. Good statements, put down a marker against a very, very good team. It's pretty clear for anybody who's a self-respecting football fan that they're a very good team. Table doesn't lie. However, we stayed in the game throughout, and I think everybody, pretty much everybody, brought their A game. It was really, really good, good, fascinating clash between two solid teams. And ultimately, um, you know, one one moment of sheer class put us in the box seat and then he just goes and grabs another so yeah really really enjoyed it um yeah just just a great occasion and I don't care what anybody says um you can only beat what's in front of you and we've beaten as it stands um the best team in the league yeah I mean let's work through the sort of day chronologically almost I mean first off for me was the fact that Ryan Reynolds was there which I don't know about you guys but I had no idea that was even in the offing it took me um, half an hour to realise he was uh, he was there. I was just uh, I got into the ground quite late, had a beer with my mate under the concourse, didn't check my Twitter uncharacteristically for about half an hour, to switched it on. Next thing I was like, oh, oh, hang on a minute, looked behind me to the left. I was like, oh, sure enough, there he is. So it definitely went under the radar for me. Yeah, so you're in the MRS, aren't you? You wouldn't be too yeah. far away from the aviation street uh, suite. Yeah, I was, I was like, I don't know what if my head was in the clouds yesterday or what it was, but yeah, I just saw this tweet that someone shared about half an hour in. Just look up and just see this guy with beard and cap. Like, oh Christ, yeah, it's, it still doesn't quite feel normal or, or real, really, when you see it. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people are still sort of struggling with that. And for me, he's gone ahead in top red stakes, hasn't he? Yeah, well, we've we've always sort of said, haven't we? Like, oh yeah, well, Rob's the Rob's the football fan. He's the um, but Ryan's trumped him now. He's seen he's seen a win in the flesh before Rob, and boy, did he enjoy it as well. Yeah, I mean, you got. I don't know what Ryan's schedule is. Obviously, I know he's got a hiatus from acting, so I do sort of wonder. I mean, for me, is it is he sort of at home in in New York last week? He's got he's got that Dover match on a little bit. And then he's getting into it. And then he's really getting into it. And then he's sort of saying to the wife, you know what? I've got nothing on next Saturday. I probably could pop over. Get the, get the Fire that private jet up. I'll see what the brother, brother's doing. Let's get over there. Because if so, that's really good. Because we've got him now. We've got him by the balls. Because that's the sort of stupid thing that we would all do. If, yeah. you know, it's a proper fan behaviour, that. Well, look, we're recording this uh, on Sunday evening and 10 minutes or 15 minutes ago, Ryan Reynolds has tweeted again saying uh, he's replied to the goal video, the first goal, and he said something like, I can't stop watching this, just watched it for the hundredth time, which I'm sure we've all done now. And it's just so obvious that if there was any doubt before that he totally gets it and he's he's totally invested. I think because obviously... We've spoken before about it. It seemed like Rob was the one who was more invested. I think Ryan is massively in on it now, and he seems to have got the fever. Nothing like eight wins in a row, or eight, or was it nine wins out of ten games before that, to really sort of 
build up sort of anticipation for the next game. And, you know, he does have the financial means that if he fancies a quick pop across the pond, he could probably do it. I uh, think he, he has done it. I think, I think the dynamic changed for this game because when, when him and Rob came over for the Torquay match, it was very much about them, if we're honest. It was yeah. very much all about them in the visit. Whereas this time, it was very much about the team and the occasion. He just added to it, really, which sounds ridiculous. He kind of like not faded into the background, but it became part of a much wider wider context, I think. And it, it merely added to it. And to win it yeah. in the manner we won it in front of him, like you said, that you'll you'll get certain moments when you attend games. We've all we can all probably trace a specific game back where it does, like you said, it grabs you. You know, we've got him by the balls. Protect your balls, Ryan, if you if you if you're listening. But your balls are ours now, Ryan. We own your balls. Trademark them. Um, but yeah, you, you do, don't you? And you you get you get something and. You know, even even the, the harshest cynic, I saw some idiot say that clearly he doesn't know what's going on. That's just bollocks, isn't it? He knows very full well what's going on, and you can't fake that level of passion. Um, they're not crocodile tears; they're very much invested with what is happening, and 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 that was reciprocated with the Ryan Reynolds chant, and it was just it was just amazing, wasn't it? Really, really good all round, really. You know what? I'm so so annoyed I wasn't there. Uh... Liam, you were there. What was the atmosphere like, especially towards the end? So it was a bit of a, a strange one, atmosphere-wise. You could hear the Stockport fans before you even got into the ground, just on the walk-up. And I would say for a lot of the match, you know, the, um, the fans behind the goal really made a go of it for us and tried to get an atmosphere going. But I think it was just quite edgy because of the sense of occasion, because of what was at stake. Whereas I always find, sounds a bit odd, but when you you... And, you know, in a way following, you're all quite crammed in together. It's a bit easier to make a bit of a noise. But then I think people could feel towards the end of the game, there was a sense in the ground, like, look, we could really, we could, we can win this. We're still in it and given a chance. So it just started to build and build to the point where I think when the mulling, the first mulling goal went in, just because I think the way he took it as well, it's like, when I was looking at it, I was like, right, he's still got a bit to do here. But then when it went in, the place just went absolutely berserk. And that didn't stop then for the rest of the game. Do you know what? I think we'll probably dissect that mulling goal a bit a bit later on. But let's sort of work from the back on this game. First off, can I just say, well done, Christian Dibble. Yeah. Because, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. There is a lot of pressure on that fella. And he made two, three fantastic saves. Now, I think I, I, I touched on this last week that once you take Rob Layton out of a settled defence, it's going to take a while for the new keeper to sort of find his sort of rhythm with that defence, that, you know, stuff like corners and things like this, you know, Layton, Layton had them drilled in a certain way, Dibble will do it in a slightly different way, and it may take a couple of games for him to, to get to that sort of level. But what I thought yesterday, some of the point-blank saves, I think the one where he stuck his leg out in the second half was the pick for me. And he yeah, the one, the one, the Jen, the Jennings shots. It was superb. Yeah. Somehow managed to get it over the bar. I mean, I, I think Christian Dibble a couple of seasons ago would have somehow found a way to push that to the next striker. So you know, it would be great save, Christian. Oh, they've they've hit the rebound. But to get it over the bar, that to me is a keeper developing. And you know, we've always said about Dibble, he's never really had like a season, and. He's very highly rated behind the scenes. He's shown a lot for me, a lot of mental sort of toughness in 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 the week, and just well done to him. 
Yeah, you can't really disagree, can you? I mean, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from him because he had a really good game. However, you kind of felt that Lady Luck was smiling on us, no more so in that Sarcevich, Sarcevich, whoever it is, missed that chance from two yards out and put it over the bar and over the roof and beyond the floodlights, I think. So, yeah, but two really, really good saves. Let's just hope this pod does not age badly by the time you listen to ah. after the Barnet game and he's had a, a nightmare. But he won't have because we have every faith in him. And it was good to see, um, I think I think Liam mentioned, mentioned to it in the group chat of Ollie Palmer trying to wrestle with him to sort of stay behind and lap up the adulation instead of legging it down the tunnel. I don't think he was having any of it to begin with. But yeah, I mean, you know, key moments win your games, whether it's a save or a goal. And we, we've seen that at both ends um, in that game. Yeah. I, and, I just want to move... Fair play... Sorry, mate. I was going to say fair play to him for not... Um, you know, he's copped an awful lot of abuse since last week. And as we discussed on the podcast, thought a lot of it was very unfair. Um, and to come out and put out a display like that, and then, you know, like if I got that... I know, I know it's part and parcel of being a footballer these days, but if I'd been getting that kind of abuse and the abuse that he's received over the last week and people writing him off and saying he's crap and all this stuff, then I would probably be, there'd be a part of me that was pretty annoyed with some of the fan base. So fair play to him for, for, for that performance. And I'm absolutely delighted for him. Just on a note, when do you start on ITV? Because, you know, that could happen. What could happen? Abuse. <laughs> no, no, no. No one gets abused in that way. On that on that channel, if you want to abuse Reese, he starts on ITV pretty soon. So please, uh, please, please tweet him and his bosses about how you're unhappy with uh, with the South Walian uh, Wrexham fan. Rob um, anyway, Shelley, Rob, Rob Shelley's protege. <laughs> anyway, moving on, moving on. Probably a little bit of a dig out at Reese we didn't really need, but um, let's move through the team. I think that was Tosa's best game for us. What do you think, mm. Liam? Yeah, it, it, well, it, again, he's another one who went from having, I, I thought he was arguably one of the ones who had the biggest nightmare um, against Dover. And again, though, it's just, it's just that mental toughness. There's, there's little things about, you, you can tell that players have played at a higher level. It's things like mental toughness, game management aspects like that. And yeah, it, it, it says something that, I went from last week being terrified about the defence to it was it was a back to normal. I'd say this week, it was a case of right, okay, well, I'm not actually bricking it every time. You know, Quigley's going forward, Paddy Madden's going forward, and to, for me, to be honest, I, I I was wholeheartedly I predicted that Stockport would win, and I wholeheartedly expected their strikers to cut us apart a lot more than they did. So yeah, fair play to Bentos around the whole defence really for that. Tim, what do you think about Tozer? Is he sort of really growing into to that role now? Yeah, I think he's 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 getting it. Um, there was a bit of conjecture about this whole captaincy thing. I don't know if that had any bearing on stuff between Luke Young and then him, you know, club captain, team captain, whatever. Yeah, like, like Liam said, last week was a, was sketchy, but he, he just he just looks more solid now, um, positional sense and everything else. So. And, you know, the long throws are a massive, massive tool in our armoury. And that, that's paid off quite a few times. He just looks calm and assured. Kind of reminds me a little bit of um, sort of, you know, Manny Smith kind of just goes about his business effectively, maybe a little bit under the radar 
and just gets on with it. You know, and, and good defenders do that, don't they? They, they just sweep up, send it forward, and then all the strikers get the glory. So, yeah, decent, really good. I think in the first half, we were under the cosh. But in the second half, when we really took it to Stockport, he was stepping out of the defence a bit more. And I think he was sort of really sort of breaking the lines a little bit, which I think helped us. Um, so if we sort of move on through the team, I think, you know, the, mid, the midfield is how, what we know it is at the moment. It's industrious. It gets about. James Jones has, didn't have his best game yesterday, but, you know, he's, he's, he's come on leaps and bounds. But let's talk about the front two. And before we get on to the match winner, firstly, another sort of chat about Palmer who I think, again, like Ryan Reynolds, is really getting it. Now, I think, was it you, uh, Liam, who, who tweeted for someone who was practically kidnapped and forced at gunpoint to sign for Rex, and he seems to be bloody enjoying it now? Yeah, well, that was the that was the, the sort of suggestion, was it? It was like, oh, look at his eyes, look at him sign for Rex, and he doesn't look very happy to be there. But I, I, there was an element where I thought, you know, like, oh, he's leaving his, pretty much his hometown club, isn't it? Club that he's loved playing at. And I thought, well... Will that take a mental toll on a player? But since day one, there's been no indication of that whatsoever. And I loved uh, Nath's video of him shouting out, are you not entertained <laughs> after the match? Um, and whenever I watch him, I am entertained. And I I don't know, there's just a big character there. The way he looks at Paul Mullin and plants a tender loving kiss on him. It's uh, touching to see. <laughs> he didn't ask, he just took... <laughs> Reese, what do you think about the the impact of Palmer? I know we I know we sort of discussed it a bit last week, but he he just makes Parky Ball work, doesn't he? He does, and I said this to my dad earlier. He didn't even have that good of a game, and that that's not a criticism. He didn't stand out that much, but his presence just means that it works, and he draws players to him. And 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 I feel bad saying that because I'm not saying he had a bad game because he didn't. But the point being is he didn't exactly fire. He didn't have that many opportunities. He made one real good run where he couldn't quite get a shot away. Um, but he's, he causes them so many problems and he, gets, he doesn't get anywhere near enough free kicks as he should because p- people yeah. practically people practically sort of give him a uh, sort of give him a chokehold on his neck sometimes and he doesn't even get a free kick from the ref and pull him down. He got hacked down and finally was rewarded in the second half. But no, he's he's absolutely key. And I, you know, as we've previously discussed, I don't think it's any shock that we've really started to kick on from January, particularly once he bedded in sort of by late February. Um, and we've really kicked on since he's been here. Tim, if you were to see Ryan Reynolds after a game, would you would you greet him topless as uh, as Ollie Palmer did? I would greet him wearing nothing but football boots, probably. Um <laughs> And you will be escorted out, I, I imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can kind of see why he's becoming already a bit of a cult hero. Just like like Reece said, then the presence is massive. But like that chance, I think early in the uh, the second half, where he sort of dribbled towards the box, and the, 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 their defense were too scared to tackle him. Is that the only way I'm going to tackle him? Is I'm, I'm going to have to chop him down because he's brushing people off for fun. Didn't got quite get a shot away in his right foot, but he's just he's he's like that he's he's like that unorthodox looking striker. Remember when there was a wild clamour that we were after Matt Reed from uh, Lincoln years yeah. ago? Yeah, like we yeah, need yeah. massive horrible bastard up front that can just Andy Cook. Yeah, exactly that sort of mould, and and we finally got it now, and, and it works. It works, and you've got the the class and the mobility in Mullin, 
I mean, Palmer's not exactly slow in the mud, is he? He's really, really decent. No. Good, good, good low center of gravity. And he's just, like, like Liam said, he, he's another character. I, I love the fact that when Mull scored his second, Ollie Palmer's waving, all the Stockport fans waving at him as they stream for the exits in the droves. And it's just little things like that, little yeah. tiny bits of shithousery. Like we've seen it yeah, yeah. countless times in the past where teams have come in and done that to us. And it drives you mad. I think I believe I hate them, hate them. And I, I, I just think the way it's the way it's looking and the way it's going, everybody's singing from from the same song sheet. And you know we, we've got a team there where it's not just about one player. You know, at the start of the season, oh, it's about Mullin, it's about Jordan Davis. Now we've got we've got a smattering of of players who, you know, have just got this sort of massive pulling power, and that, that's why there's. Kids flying hand and fish, hand and fish, trying to get their autographs and their shirts. Yeah, I mean, just just to sort of the last sort of word on Palmer presence, I think was mentioned, and I think presence, yes, on the pitch, but I also think off it. I think the players have taken to him. I think he's become a character who they like to sort of, you know, they're, they're drawn towards, and he's. I think he's having an effect in the dressing room as well, and and. The other thing is sometimes when you get a striker and they start well, and I know Palmer scored on his debut, it just it just makes everything a lot easier. The confidence is 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 sort of flowing through them. Um, and for, for me, he is a player who has started well. And even if he has a few bad games, it doesn't matter because he's got that bank of sort of of sort of goodwill behind him. And so I just think really and truly he's been a massive catalyst for our for our good run and that leads us to to his strike partner now i don't know what you guys think about this but maybe that sending off against maidenhead actually has done the world of good for mullin because i think i saw a fully fit and firing paul mullin yesterday the sort of paul mullin that we had at the start of the season and i think his Although his goals rate, his goals return is still good. I think his actual all-round display to dipped a little bit mid-season. But for me, they're back, and to be able to do those two runs so late in a game and produce the quality he did shows to me that this is a fit and firing Paul Mullin. What do you think, Reese? No, I, I totally agree. I, I, he was really superb, and he, you know, as you say, he's the Paul Mullin from the start of the season. He's been quality all year, but he definitely didn't quite look. He looked sort of 90% for sort of a good chunk in the middle of the season. But, you know, and obviously, I mean, that, that both finishes, unbelievable. Um, and we'll talk about them, I'm sure. But, with the, you know, the one thing that I took away from yesterday's match watching it was Mullin and Madden, two of the sort of big name, uh, big star strikers, even though sort of Madden plays a bit deeper now, um, that sort of we signed and Stockport signed. And they've both both taken mass both taken big jumps down two divisions to play for sort of clubs for big money. And and both of them played extremely well and absolutely leading from the front. I thought Madden was class and you could see that I think there was a point wasn't there when it was nil nil about eighty five minutes where Madden chased all the way back down to his own byline to to stop Hayden getting a ball in and, and he put in a good tackle on Aaron Hayden and, and won the ball back. 
he was quality and I think Mullen is exactly the same for us he's just such he leads from the front uh, and he does not stop running for the whole game and he's just an absolute joy to watch he's an absolute pest and he's brilliant at doing that and even if he didn't score goals he'd be worth playing but then he does score goals and he scored what is it 21 games now 21 goals yeah. all season it's just just superb Liam is that one of the best sort of back to front goals you've seen at the race course yeah, I loved the... I wasn't sure if people would remember it after the game, but it seems like quite a lot of people did pick up on the tackle. Liam McAlinden tackle and it was just... It was so well-timed. It's it's strange because I don't I don't feel like you always see, you know, a full-back being swapped out necessarily at that period in the game. But again, it just really worked and it, he's done it on several occasions now. And I know he's played at left-back before, but you think of him as more of a forward or you know, a number 10 type of role. Um, but is, yeah, the timing of that tackle was just superb. And I was on the, you know, quite close to where the left back would be for the second half. And McFadzian, he didn't have a bad game, but there's one or two occasions where I felt like he doesn't know where, always know, you know, when to stand a player up and, or when to go in for a tackle. Whereas McAlinden for that tackle was just unbelievable. Um, and it all happens so quickly as well. Um, even when it, like I said, when it, the pass is played through to Mullen, you're not expecting him to go for it. Like, you, you know, he's capable of it, but even still, it just takes your breath away a bit. You know, sort of anything's possible when when Paul Mullen's got the ball. Um, and it was also really satisfying the way it sat in the net as well, straight afterwards. So, yeah, probably one of the best back-to-front goals I've seen easily. Tim, me and you were watching together. You you had COVID and I, I couldn't get out of London. We both lost our shit, didn't we? <laughs> um, I couldn't quite believe it and because it took us a while to get our uh, our, our TV screens in sync. And um, when it went, went in, as soon as he clipped it, it was like, this is going in. I, I jumped up off my sofa and looked at my phone and, and there was just... Your chair was just rocking back and forth. <laughs> it's like you spontaneously combusted. The missus thought I, I was being stabbed to death downstairs, but she didn't come down and see if that was true. Um, she, she just left me. Bless her. Maybe she just thought, give, give, you, give the time for the body to go cold before she checked. On you. <laughs> but as of, as of this exact moment, that, that the, uh, the uh, official... Wrexham Twitter account obviously tweeted that goal out. It has had three million views. Wow! Um, what? It's had three million views. Bloody obviously, hell. obviously helped by by. Yeah, I mean Ryan Reynolds has pushed that video. I mean that that is something. Somebody just said we're selling out Wembley, aren't we? I mean we'll come to that. What we <laughs> suspect will be the attendance shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, just 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 a special goal, special player. I completely agree with what you're saying. It, it, there was that lull mid-season. Even he knew he wasn't right because they, they, they even went on record to say, well, there's something wrong with him, but we can't figure out what it actually is. So, mm. yeah, I mean, the cynic in me says, oh, there's a good slip that sends off. Off you go, rest up, get, get back, fire, fire in. Obviously, that's not the case. Um, but, you know, it was a... An unfortunate series of events which led to sending off. It is what it is. And like you said, I completely agree with you. He's, he looks like the same player we had at the beginning of the season. Hungry. And I said to you when he missed that chance, he won't miss his next one. He, he, he always... Right. As soon as, as, soon as he... It, it, that's happened maybe three or four occasions I can think off the top of my head now where he's missed 
a relatively easy chance by his standards. And then the next chance you get will be five times as hard and he'll nail it. That tells you everything you need about a natural born goal scorer, which is exactly what he is. Yeah. The sort of person who doesn't let that that miss haunt him and has got just enough comp just as much confidence the next chance as he did you know, he on, did on his weaker one. foot. On his weaker yeah. foot. Um, it's nuts. Uh, the whole goal is nuts. Like you know, like all of us here, I've watched it probably about 150 times at the pub last night. I was just showing random people it, um, but you know, people were just getting on board. And it's it's the tackle, it's the ball from Jordan, it's the finish, it's the way. It, yeah, as Liam said, nestles in the in the net. It's the way they celebrate. It's the fact that there's a Hollywood star watching. It's just the context as well, though, isn't it? It was the 91st minute. And also, if McLinden doesn't make that tackle, they are in on goal. And we'd probably be talking about a defeat right now. Like, it had absolutely everything. And it was just... To be fair, that whole last 20 minutes, or certainly the last 10 minutes, was quite like like that. It was really open and end-to-end. And both teams were going for it. And it was great to watch. It was it was a classic smothering tackle because if he gets that timing of that wrong, it's two footed. It looks bad. He just smothers it. But if he gets the timing all wrong, it's a card. Um, oh, definitely. And then and then you, you just look at the way everything pans out after that. I think Nathan from our from from our friends over at Rob Ryan Red, he said yesterday that that they did a scouting report on Stockport, which included obviously the goalkeeper and his positioning, what he tends to do, and they said that. He tends to like coming off his off his line by some distance as the match is played out. So obviously Mullen is taking that homework home with him. We go right, well, we'll see what happens. And as soon as he's in, it, it, uh, the various videos I've seen of that goal back. As soon as Mullen's in and he's beaten that line, the keepers come herring out further than where he is, and he's realised he's not getting anywhere near it. Starts yeah, back. He's, back he's only yeah. taken two steps back before the ball's already in the air. Mullin yeah. looks at him for a fraction of a second just to see where he is. Suddenly knows where he is, having already done his homework, and then the rest is just majestic. I know I've said I've seen that about a hundred times. I still don't know how McElinden did that tackle because when I first see the beginning of it, I think, "Oh, what's happened here?" And then all of a sudden, he just gets up with the ball, and like I, I still can't him. work it out. <laughs> it was so weird. Such a good tackle, but everything about yeah. it that that and. I'd, we were fitter. We were fitter at the end of that game. No doubt yeah. about it. I mean, this brings me to my next point, which is I think we really sort of need to sort of sort of celebrate the work Phil Parkinson has done over the last 15, 20 games. Because we've agree had more. Pod- Sorry? Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a podcast a couple of months ago where we it was after the Torquay game and we were wondering, does he get another season? Um, I think the side have developed, and now I know we sort of touched on the fact that maybe Palmer's a big, a big sort of cog in this, and he's made that he's made Parky Ball work. But I think just there's there's little subtle bits that have have also been evolving through the season. Now, if you look at the start of the season, there you know the likes of the keeper and the defenders are hammering that ball forward. They're not as much anymore. If you see what Dibble was doing yesterday, he was he was passing it to, to Toza, who was building from the back, who was allowing, you know, Hayden to run on a bit. You know, Reese Hall Johnson was getting a more forward. That creates a space for the midfield and the midfield have evolved as well. Even though it's the same midfield from from the you know the, the so-called dark period, 
it's just the whole thing has just been repositioned a little bit. And that's we, down to Parkinson. Yeah, of course it is. At the beginning of the season, didn't we? We spoke to former, we spoke to fans of clubs that Parkinson had managed. And, you know, a lot of it was negative. And then we had the Bradford guy on who was really positive. And the one, I think I, I, I can't remember exact wording, but he was talking about how the, the togetherness that they'd um, sort of fostered at Bradford. And at the moment, I, that reminds me, Bradford, we, I remind, oh, I can't talk, sorry, from all the excitement of yesterday's games. But this team reminds me of that Bradford team where, you know, they, they can win these massive one-off games. They don't go out and dominate and outplay the opposition for 90 minutes. Because let's face it, we don't do that. All these big games that we've won recently, except with, with the possible exception of Halifax at home, but Chesterfield away, yesterday's game, uh, possibly even even Boreham Wood, ha, you know, Halifax away. These games that we've won, we haven't gone there and just dominated the opposition, which is what I think Stockport do. Again, they're a very good side. And I think they go to places and they dominate for 90 minutes playing liquid football sometimes. What we do is we've got a team with an incredible team spirit that is taking the time for this 3-5-2 to, to bed in and to gel in. But what the opposition knows when they play us is that we have got match winners and we've got the ability to score in that last five minutes. And you almost sensed it a bit yesterday with Stockport. They got a bit jittery in the last 10 minutes and you had a sense of who was going to win the game. And if someone was going to win it, it would be us. And that's the kind of thing that stands at team in really good stead going into playoffs as well um, and you know I, I think Phil Parks and, and um, Steve Parkin and Lee Butler they've clearly fostered a really great team spirit and that can take you quite a long way when you've also got really good footballers in the team as well Yeah I mean Liam if even if we don't go up this season are you still Parky for us next season? Yeah absolutely um, and you mentioned the podcast that we did, and I still think that you know the timing of it and everything. It was right to ask questions, but perhaps there is a reason why Phil Parkinson is paid to manage a football team and we're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely, he is. Yeah, that I can't. Un- I still to this day can't quite unpick him as a character. He doesn't give much away in interviews, you know, in terms of his personality and things. I think it's what you described, Andy. That gradual tweaking of things it's it's been little by little but you can see sort of all the cogs coming into place and we've gone from looking like a team of individuals to an actual proper team who will fight for each other I saw the interview Tozer did with the BBC before the match where he said you know even when they went um, 5-2 down against Dover he said someone around him we're going to win this and that speaks a lot about them um, and also about the team spirit that Parkinson instills in them as well. Yeah. Um, Tim, have you been impressed by the way he sort of incorporated pe- people like Clueworth into the into the team? And, you know, you, we would have thought a couple of months ago with Harry Lennon being out for the season, that that, that could be spelled bad news for the defence, but it, it hasn't it hasn't been the case. Clueworth has, has gone from strength to strength. I mean, the... A lot of the signings that Parkinson brought in, we weren't sure about. McFazdean, for example. But for me, he's a very solid sort of part of that now. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because Harry Harry Lennon was an early front runner for player of the season. We were all saying how, how good he was and he was the surprise package how everybody would be brought in. So him getting injured was a hammer blow. But, I mean, 
Clueworth is has grown into an unbelievably, unbelievably good talent, and he's learning from experience and mm. been there and done it. And you know, like like I said, I, I chat with Hayden the other day for the for the fanzine, and he was saying that he's never been in a dressing room with so many winners. And if you get a young player like that, whether it's Jordan, whether it's Max, whether it's you know a few of the other lads coming through. It's going to give you something. It's going to give you that leg up. And it, even if even if they do make the odd mistake, you're going to have those players in the background going, right, you made an error. Don't dwell on it because this is what we're going to do. You are going to get better and you are going far. And those players will be telling the likes of Jordan and, and Max that this is, just the, this is just the start of their careers, really. And whether they stay with us in the long term remains to be seen. But, you know, Max is is... Unbelievable. And it's the same, same to what I said about Toes earlier on. You, if you're a defender, you go about your business effectively, pretty much under the radar, and you get on with it. And that's exactly what he's done. There's no airs or graces. He's not a big time Charlie. He's not allowed any of this. He's not allowed himself to get too carried away by any of it. He's just very He's very grounded, and he's very, very good. Uh, and you don't, you don't, you don't nail down your place in a team that's gone on such a good run if you're not good enough. So mm. I, I like the fact that Parky's gone with it, with the idea that if if they're old enough, they're good enough, we'll stick them in and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, that's um, good for the future. Parking, because if... Sorry, come on, Andy, you go first. No, all I was going to say is good for the future because if you are a parent of a talented young player in North Wales and you see a, a proper route to the first team, you know, Jordan Davis has done it roundabout way via Brighton, but Clueworth is the example there that you can sign for Wrexham and you can start for Wrexham and you can build a career here. I think that that that's great for for the future of our club. Go on, mate. Sorry. No, I was going on unrelated. That's a really well you know well put together um, sentence there. I was going to be snarky and say that it wasn't that long ago that. Um, People were saying that we should sack uh, Phil Parkinson and, and and get Luke Garrod in and Boreham Wood are in absolute free fall, um, uh, which is quite interesting to see. As our Chesterfield as well, after the comments there. So I mean, it's it's great the way that he's turned it round um, and that we sort of slowly built through the year, the the season. But you know, in terms of you know what you've said about and what Tim was saying about Clueworth, it, it, it's spot on. He is he has fitted in absolutely seamlessly. And and as Tim said, from probably the best player of the season who he lost in that position, he was absolutely superb, Harry Lennon. Um and and you know he's a he's a fair bit bigger than Clueworth as well. But mm. it doesn't it doesn't seem like that. We haven't missed him a huge amount and you know hopefully Lennon will be back for um the start of next season wherever we may be, and we'll have some serious competition in that spot. Great. I mean, right, let's have a quick word about Stockport. Um, can we overhaul them? I'll go first. Uh, I thought they had a very good first half, and I thought the lad Cannon in midfield absolutely ran it. I thought he was I thought He was, he was great. Quality. Yeah. And, you know, but as you said, Reese, they go to they go to places, they try and dominate, they try and, you know, they try and really impose themselves. And it didn't work with us yesterday because we held firm and we have match winners. Now, if you look at their running, they've got a few other of the bigger teams to play. So what are we now? If we if we can win on Tuesday, we'd be 
eight points, is it? We 11 points? If, if, if we win Tuesday and we win Saturday before their 5.20 kickoff against Southend, we'll be five points behind them if we win right. the next two. And, like, yeah, and we're probably, yeah. And so, if you're, if you're going to exert any kind of pressure in the league, you have to win these and you have to reel that, that gap in, you know, irrespective of anything else. So, if we can do that and, and cut it to five points, I mean, that sets the cat amongst the pigeons. It gets them thinking, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the, even like yesterday, I don't know if it was pessimism, I don't know if it was emotional hedging. But I've done this thing throughout the season where I don't let myself get too far ahead. I'm like, okay, well, we've beaten teams like Halifax, but okay, this is, you know, big boy shit for want of a better phrase. Um, playing Stockport, and I don't know, they just keep keep proving me wrong, keep proving everyone wrong, and I'm still being realistic. And I don't think they're going to go on a wobble just because we've beaten them in the trophy. Um, and I think being realistic as well, that they're, they're probably going to still win the league. But what I do feel like is if if there is a chance that they slip up, we will be breathing down their necks right behind them, ready to take advantage. It's good to hear. Reese, can we overtake them? Uh, I would say that before yesterday, I was 95% sure that Stock would win the title. Today, it's like 90%. It would be... They'd have... They're a very good side. You know, we we deservedly beat them yesterday. We we edged it. But I thought Madden, Sarkovic, um, was it that Cullen who said in the middle his name was? Cannon. Cannon, sorry. They they were they were all really quality. You can see they're a good side. They will not go into free fall like Chesterfield have done. I, I can't see it happening. I think I worked it out. You know, if we win our game in hand and we beat them. We're five points behind them. So realistically, we need them to lose two more games. So three games in total out of nine. And that involves us winning every game. 30 points from 30 possible points. It's possible. Stranger things have happened. Uh, but I don't see it happening. But at the end of the day, you can't fault the lads. They had to do one thing yesterday, which is basically to give Stockport a message. We are still here and we're a good and we're gonna win most of our games. So you have to win most of your games or we're gonna beat you. So you know, let's hope that you know there's a, there's a, there's some nerves in that changing room now. They've they've got to suddenly got to win on telly next Saturday. Who knows? Stranger yeah. things have happened. Thank you, David Ewan. I'm <laughs> 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 Um, right, okay. Let's move to Wembley. I take it we're all going. Liam, you got the weekend off? Yeah, I'm definitely going. Um, again, go touch on the thing of emotional hedging. I think I I almost forgot like what was at stake yesterday. It felt like a bit of a a free hit of the game and it wasn't until really the, the mulling goal first one went in I thought oh Christ I'm going to have to start bloody planning again now aren't I um, it's always special as well like the first time I think it was the first trophy final against Grimsby I went there on a media day and that ground has definitely got something special about it I just walked inside it it was empty at the time came out onto the pitch where the interviews were taking place and it takes your breath away so yeah, I've officially got some logistical planning to start now. How many do you reckon we'll take, Tim? I reckon we'll take at least 27,000. Wow, least. honestly. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just think, I just think you know, we, we've had solid turnouts in the past when we were getting, you know, sub 4,000 crowds. The interest is there. Um, 
I just think we'll take a. I just, I just think we will sell out our initial allocation fairly, fairly quickly. It's reasonably priced, um, and then you've got you've got a lot of the neutrals, which I think will will maybe side more with us. You know, there's that. Oh, I'm going to go to this game today because I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan, and he happens to be in the same stadium. So there might be that aspect of neutrals coming towards the sort of red side of things as well. So. I can't see any reason why not. I can't see any reason why not. As long as the transport is done, um, you know, efficiently, if it can be done economically, even better, get the subsidised bus travel on the go, maybe a special train because it looks, my understanding it's is... Hard. It's going yeah, yeah. It's going mean, to be I'm a direction to the Dover game on the train. It was, it was a ball lake. Well, you know, the fact that it will be played after the Vars game as well. So if they say, presume the Vars kicks off at three, I mean, we're looking at half five or whatever. So... There's that to take on board, but I'm looking forward to all the the, the the limited edition range of merchandise which is going to come our way, and you know I can't imagine there'll be a special shirt for it, but you never know. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing is with that, it's it's slap bang before the playoff final week. If, if we end up finishing between second and seventh, which I would dare say we we will, then that is before that week, you know. So. There's that. Hopefully, that that won't have any impact. But it's something to consider. Yeah. I was going to say, Reese, can you bring me crashing back down to earth? Because it would be Pete Wrexham for us to win the trophy and lose the playoff final. Is there a danger that two quick fire trips to Wembley would mean that we get a big turnout for the trophy? We don't get as big a turnout for for the playoff game, and it becomes like the the, the Newport final where we only took. Nine thousand, and the atmosphere was quite, was 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 quite a bit of a damp squib, to be honest. Well, I, I, to be honest, I'm more concerned about whether we win or not. I mean, yeah, we, obviously, no one wants a damp squib, but this was a concern I raised a few weeks ago, which was just that they're so close together. It's one almighty distraction before possibly you know the two of the biggest games in our history for the last well, possibly in our history. I mean, in terms of getting back to where we belong. Um, I kind of think now I'm glad that the final, the playoff final isn't at Wembley, which I don't believe it is. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. We don't know where it's going to be. Available. We don't know where it's going to be yet. That you know, I, I'm just a little bit scarred from 2013, as we all are. Um, and the fact I think I raised it a few weeks ago on the podcast. The fact. Oh, you frozen Reese. It was going so well. The one take was going so well. Oh, the fact. The fact. What's the fact? <laughs> Reese, I need right. to know. I'd rather have yeah. won, that, uh, won that big oh, game. What was I'd the be, fact, I'd be lost you're, you're back. I'm back. Lost you. Yeah, what was the Sorry. fact? It's this hotel Wi-Fi. I'm in a hotel in King's Cross uh, in London. Uh, and the, the, they all say that everything's shiny and sparkly in London. Everything works brilliantly. It's all nonsense. Well, the, Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi is better in Swansea, man. Um, anyway, what what I was saying was, I think now that we're in it, you know, once you get to the quarterfinal, you you're in it to win it, and I would rather be going into the playoffs having won the last seven games than having lost a massive final. So I think you know we just have to go for it. Obviously, yeah. I wonder if we're going to actually uh, rest players for the for the for the trophy if we've got well, if Bromley finish. As they may well do in third, fourth, fifth, and, or sixth or seventh. Sorry, between fourth and seventh, 
they will have to play the final and then play their playoff first leg on the Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's a lot worse if if they are in that sort of bracket. If we finish second or third, all we've got to worry about from the end of the season is weekend games. There's no midweek games. There's just a play a, a trophy final, playoff semi-final, playoff final, hopefully. We could be playing Bromley twice. Oh, God, please no. Oh, I mean, not on. on I mean, we wouldn't be playing them at their gaff. We went to that game. Oh my God, that pitch is such a level. The goal but is going to tell be... you what. Yeah, at Wembley, it's a big open space. I don't think Bromley will be as effective. I think there's a good chance that our sort of flair players can can really take that game to them. And I, I, I would, I would expect us to win that. Touching on attendances, didn't they take quite a lot last summer? And I've so someone said they took something like thirty thousand. I can't quite figure out how i suppose it's quite a big borough of london and wembley isn't that far away and also they hadn't been yeah before or if they had been it hadn't been in for that sort of level of occasion so you know it's like when we went against grimsby and we'd never been before and everyone put pulled the stops out i think we'll do it again for different reasons now and as tim said we we've, we've got the floating vote as well but i probably couldn't see Bromley matching that. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be a good occasion. Uh, I, I wish it was York, just because it's two sort of old-fashioned, well-supported teams. But it's Bromley, and we just have to beat who's in front of us now. Right. I think we're coming to the end of that. Is there any other business before we get on to, uh, on to results? Tim, is that vote still going on? Can, can people still vote for us? I believe so, yeah. So NL Bible 4, I think, is the Twitter and the Facebook page. So if you think we're a good podcast and you think we could, we could win the non-league podcast of the year, the dog's clearly giving his vote in the background, and then please... That was Rob Ryan Red, wasn't it? <laughs> they're, they're up for it as well. So, you know, another fantastic direction podcast. Um, so, yeah, may the best pod win. Cool. Right, let's go to the results. Um, so... We ain't got Barnet yet, but oh, no. right. I need I need uh, a steward inquiry on this. Tim, you said it would be one each at the end of full time, but then Wrexham would win in in extra time. There was no extra time. Reese doesn't get the win for that. Yes or no? No, you said extra time. I've been through it today. Reese, does he get it's the win? Splitting hairs. That splitting hairs. I, 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 I don't see how we can get that. I'm really sorry. The bookies wouldn't have it, would they? The bookies wouldn't have that. No. He's been okay. in London five minutes and he's already acting like a stubborn Londoner. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Tim, you do not get the win for that. I am very sorry. Um, that meant that no one went for a Wrexham win. So, uh, Did we not? It's still a win. It's still a win. It's still a win. How can I not have that? I predicted our win. Doesn't matter when I predicted the same. I predicted that Wrexham would win, but I thought they'd do it on penalties. So strictly, I haven't got the win. And you said in ninety minutes, it would be. Can I just point out? There was absolutely no need for either of you to specify how we were going to win. You both decided to do that, and you've shot yourselves in the foot. Don't you feel silly now? (laughs) Well. Not as, not as silly as Reese, who is six points behind at the bottom of this prediction league and has to get a I love Swansea tattoo on his face. And is the reigning champion, I should say. Don't never write them oh, off. Nothing. No, means nothing in this in this thing. Right, okay. Who we got Saturday? 
it is. I've completely forgotten. So we've got Barnett Tuesday, and then we've got who? Sorry, for it was Eastley. Shall we just check? Because you know. yeah, no, it is Eastley. It is Eastley. Reese, go first, mate. Uh, we've done Barnet, haven't we? Yeah. So Eastley. No, let's just crack on. Eastley, we're going to win 2-0. Okay, I'll go next. I think it's going to be 3-1. Tim? Uh, Eastley, I think we will beat 2-0. Okay, and finally, Liam? Eastley have been on a beastly run. I'm oh, go... Eastley being on a beastly. Oh, well, I like it. Did you, you having that? Did you know that was coming? 3-0. Uh, I'm going to go forward to us, obviously. Right. Okay, I think that's it. Now, um, you may have noticed that there are as many bells and whistles on this uh, podcast as there normally is. That's because um, Reese has not got his laptop to edit it. And so we're just doing a straight run through here. So uh, we'll be back to normal once the ITV relinquish Reese a laptop. Um, so that might be in a couple of weeks. But for now, that's just sort of like a straight run through. And thanks very much for listening. Cheers.